Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes! Please stop! I got a bad feeling about this. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Did you go out with Ray? Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Get away from her, you bitch! You're gonna need a bigger boat. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Movie Nights Podcast. I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Ryan Warner. And we are back at it again with another episode for you guys. Uh, today we're going to go ahead and talk about some movie news that happened last week. We're going to do a box office report of the previous weekend. And then we're going to give a spoiler-free review of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, we're going to go ahead and start off things with the box office this time. Because there's a lot of interesting things to point out. Ant-Man and the Wasp, obviously, come, came in at number one with a $75,812,205 opening which is a 35% improvement from the first Ant-Man film. What do you think about that, Mr. Warner? I'd so I'd say that's uh, well deserved. I do believe that this Ant-Man and the Wasp is better than the first Ant-Man film, and we'll get into that mm. later with the spoiler-free review. Mm. I both agree and disagree with that statement, but like I said, we'll get into that later. Um, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom came in at number two, taking a 53% drop from last week. Incredibles 2 came in at third, but look look how close Jurassic World and Incredibles 2 came. Jurassic World, 28,632,375. Incredibles 2, 28,406,423. So like a 200,000 difference between the two, which means Incredibles 2 has legs. I wouldn't be surprised if next week, if Incredibles 2 is ahead of Jurassic World. I wouldn't be surprised either. I think that in the end... While they're both in box office, Incredibles 2 might pull ahead with uh, more earnings than Jurassic World. Yeah, especially domestically. Jurassic World is killing it overseas, though. Oh, definitely. Uh, coming in at fourth place was The First Purge with 17374280 And that's not including its Wednesday opening that it had. So it's made a little bit more than that. And coming in at number five was Sicario, Day of the Soldado, with another 7 million, taking a 59% drop from last week. But I'm glad to see that stick around in the top five, because it's a very good movie. It is. Uh, it's a shame that it dropped that much, though, because I still think it's a solid film, uh, a, a good sequel to the uh, first mm-hmm. Sicario movie. Yeah. Not uh, too bad of a drop, though. It's when, when it drops in, like, the 70s, that's when it's like, ooh, something happened. But yeah, but yeah it's, still, it's still, still doing pretty solid. Uh, but yeah, pretty solid box office this weekend. Um, I th- I think it's awesome that Ant Man and the Wasp had a thirty five percent increase of the first film because mm-hmm. there there are a lot of dumbass people out there being like, oh, Infinity War opened to two hundred and fifty eight million. This only opened to seventy five. What a decrease! It's like first of all, we're talking about Ant Man, and it made if okay if ten years ago if someone said, hey, they're gonna make a sequel to an Ant Man movie that's gonna open to seventy five million dollars, you would have been like, yeah, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that this character of all characters can open this high, especially when the last movie made about 50, that's ins- insanity. Yeah. And it just goes to prove that Kevin Feige and the people at the MCU really know what they're doing. And what's really interesting is uh, before we started, you said something about the MCU movies, how they've released 20 films. And what happened to those 20 films? The, yes. The MCU has released 20 films and it's since it started with Iron Man. Every single MCU film has opened to number one at the box office the weekend it opened. That is insanity. Like, how, how 
Does that happen? That just goes to show that the Marvel Studios knows what they're doing with their characters, and they know what they're doing with their stories, and they know how to make money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, don't don't be surprised if you know this trend continues through Captain Marvel and Avengers Four. Oh yeah, and it's just amazing. Like with Ant Man, like the first Ant Man that came out. I personally didn't know anything about him, and it's still opened up at number one. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And they're also very smart about picking release dates and knowing where to put those films and knowing when they'll do well. Yeah, uh, we're going to go ahead and go ahead and move on to some movie news now. Uh, first up, out of a report from Variety, Top Gun 2 has added a new member to its cast, playing the son of the legendary Goose. He will be played by Miles Teller. What are your thoughts on this casting? To be honest, I haven't seen many films with Miles Teller in it. Uh, I'm excited to see him play such a big role in Top Gun, especially in the first one with uh, Goose being Maverick's like right-hand man, and they fly together. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he takes on such a big role, especially I- I'm really excited to see his relationship with Tom Cruise is Maverick, mm-hmm. especially with the story of like how they're getting into drone warfare and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and just just their relationship between Maverick and Goose's son. Yeah, I'm also really looking forward to it, and you know, obviously, I'm excited that it's Miles Teller because for the listeners who don't know, Miles Teller and I graduated from the same high school. We didn't know each other; it was years apart. But uh, I did meet him on an occasion, and I've had email exchanges with him on a couple of occasions. And uh, he's a really, really nice man, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm very excited that he's getting this opportunity because Miles Teller is a phenomenal actor, but he has the unfortunate problems that a couple other actors have where it's not the acting, but it's sort of just the jobs they're getting. Like him, I put him, Zach Efron, and Michael Fassbender sort of in the same boat of where they are all such phenomenal talents who've proven that they're phenomenal talents, but the movies they end up in are just really bad films mm-hmm. and people misjudge them because of the movies that they're in but if you watch certain performances it's undeniable talent like if you've if for anyone out there who has never seen whiplash with miles teller please do yourself a favor and go watch that movie it is unbelievable it's directed by the guy who made la la land jk simmons wins best supporting actor and you see why but it is an unbelievable film and miles teller does amazing in it and if he can give this that kind of caliber performance in top gun 2 I'm there. However, if Top Gun 2 does not have a homoerotic volleyball scene, I'm going to be really <laughs> upset because that's the best part of the first movie. And um, I'm, I'm really happy that Miles is getting this opportunity, and I hope that the movie's good just so that he can get some positive, you know, a positive swing towards better projects. Yeah, definitely. I, I, would, I would have to agree with that, especially since, you know, he's a local boy from here in Central Florida, so of course mm-hmm. i got to root for him. Yeah. But I, I just wish him the best with this role and... I'm really excited to see how it turns out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just something else, like, now that we're on the topic of Top Gun 2, there's only one thing that kind of really worries me about it, and that's I'm afraid that they're going to kind of kind of make it like Creed. Because this isn't an original thought. I, you know, Ryan and I love a guy named John Campia, and he brought it up, and then I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it's... In the movie Creed, you know, it's about Rocky training Apollo's son, and it's like, oh, you need to, I don't know if I'm going to be as good as my dad, blah, 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 and mm-hmm. see what happens. Well, I'm, I'm kind of worried that, like, Goose's son's going to come into it, and Maverick's going to be like, oh, you were my friend's son, now I have to train you to be a pilot, and it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. Which, I mean, hey, if they make it good and it works, that's fine, but I'm just worried that I don't want it to seem too formulaic. And also, um, what I'm really interested in is, I wonder if they're going to make Goose's son 
like a spitting image of Goose and have him be exactly the same, or if they're going to run with the story of he's nothing like his dad. Because Goose, the original Goose, was kind of the nerd of the group. Yeah. Like, he, he didn't have his shirt off during the volleyball scene, you know. He was uh, kind of, you know, laid back a little bit and made, like, did the technical stuff. And he was, like, real dorky, too, from what I remember. Yeah. Like, a, a very dorky character. Yeah, yeah. And then it was ironic that he was friends with Tom Cruise. Yeah. And I think that... I wonder if they're going to have him be just like his dad or if he's going to come in being this, like, suave, badass, like, you know, lady killer and have Tom Cruise be like, there's no way you're Goose's son, you know? Like, because I, I think either way could be really interesting. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to see how they play his character out because from what I'm remembering, it's... Goose doesn't have a son in the first one, right? He just has the girlfriend? The thing or, is, I, I don't remember. He, he has the girlfriend, but I don't remember how Top Gun ends. Like, does it end with her holding a baby? I don't remember. I, I, it's been forever. It's been, yeah, it's been so movie. long. Yeah, and I, I, I'm sure anyone who grew up in the 80s is yelling at us because they know every line of dialogue, every <laughs> scene from... How many times did your parents tell you growing up that Top Gun was the best movie ever made? Oh, it is, I, it is the best movie wow. ever made. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, uh, but yeah, no, I don't remember how it ends, but... But yeah, just going back on the whole topic, I'm I'm curious to see how he does, and I I, th- I have full confidence in him. I think he's gonna do great. Oh, yeah. And um, it, it just sucks that Tony Scott is unfortunately no longer alive because I would have really liked to see him direct this. Yeah, just that same feel of the mm-hmm. first Top Gun mm-hmm. and the character dynamic. Yo, do you think we're gonna get Kenny Loggins back doing some music? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I I seriously hope so. If if they don't play Danger Zone at any point in this movie, I'm gonna be so sad. Like, yeah. they need to. That and a volleyball scene, yes. and we're good. That's all we need. Just give me two hours of that, and we're fine. <laughs> all right. Moving on to the next piece of uh, movie news. This one comes out of The Hollywood Reporter. You like Star Wars, right? I, it's, I think it's fair to, uh, fair to say that everyone enjoys Star Wars. Yeah, just about, right? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You like the original trilogy? I do. I thoroughly enjoy it, and one character specifically. Oh, oh which, uh, which character is that? I'd have to say the Billy D. Williams Lando. Oh, well, I got good news for you, pal. Land- the Hollywood Reporter is reporting that Lando Calrissian, played by Billy D. Williams, will be returning in Star Wars Episode Nine, directed by J.J. Abrams. Which has me very excited. Yeah. Because his Lando, while it was very short-lived and he didn't have too much screen time, he was very charismatic mm-hmm. with Lando. And I'm very excited to see that. What, uh, even though it is years later, but it's very excited. To, I'm very excited to see him reprise his role as Lando. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts about it? Um, I'm also very excited. I love Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrissian. Just you know, both in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, he not only plays the like plays the character of Lando very well, but he also brings many layers to him. And that in the first time we meet him, he betrays Han. We're like, oh, we can't trust this guy. But then at the end, he's like. I had to do that. Let's save him. There's still a chance to save Han, you know. Yeah. I, I, I love his character, and I think that seeing him come back is going to be a lot of fun. Especially, he's the only really one of the only original character, original trilogy characters we haven't seen come back. Mm-hmm. That was like part of the main cast, yeah. and you know, it's going to be awesome because I wonder who they're going to put him with because they're they're, they're going to put the characters in certain scenarios, and I'm curious as to who Billy D. Williams is going to get paired with. I hope he gets paired with Rey, just because in The Force Awakens, like, Han and Rey had that, like, father-daughter relationship that you could yeah. feel from the movie, and I, I seriously hope they end up together just so, like, 
Ray has that, oh my gosh, you knew, like, yeah, yeah, Han, yeah. you knew yeah. my father, like, yeah, if yeah. you will. Yeah, and, my father figure. Yeah, my father figure, and, yeah. And George Michael starts playing in Star oh Wars. Oh my god, <laughs> I would lose it. Shout out to Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, if only Nick was here. We'll have him on the show soon. We keep saying that. Yeah. He's not here. But, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, no, I, I think that'd be interesting, too, to see him get paired up with Ray. And I think that um, I really want to see him fly the Millennium Falcon. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That, that'd that be fun. I want to see him with Chewbacca as well, because they have a really funny, interesting, like, they usually, Chewbacca usually just tries to kill Lando. Yeah. It's pretty nice. It's an interesting dynamic between them. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, how do you think they're going to play his character in, like... Do you think that he's just going to be paired up with Rey and the Falcon, or what do you think? I have no idea. I, I think, um, I, and again, the report doesn't say how big or small his role is. We, he could be in the movie for five seconds. It was just announced, he yeah. could He could be in the movie for an hour. I don't know. But um, I'm hoping that he at least has a enough amount of screen time to contribute to the story. I just don't want him to be there, yeah. you know? And um, I don't know. Have you noticed a trend with these original trilogy characters, how they show up and then uh, they're not going to be back? So uh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm really worried that something might happen to Lando now that they've got him signed on. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, of course, this is speaking now, but I, I don't think that they'll kill him. At least I would hope not, mm-hmm. just because I think Lando's a fan favorite. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, but J.J. Abrams is directing it, which has me very excited because, as we talked about previously, we're fans of J.J. Abrams and what he does with sci-fi films with both Star Trek and Star Wars. Yes. So I'm excited to see him back at the home of uh, directing Star Wars. So it's going to be interesting to see that again. Me too. And something that I think J.J. does very well is just scope. And uh, the way that he's able to, like, you get that exciting Star Wars feeling whenever, like, because he controls the frame. Like, the scene in The Force Awakens when Rey and Finn find the Falcon and they have that chase scene through the desert. Like, I was on the edge of my seat, like, oh my god, Star Wars is back, Star Wars is back, this is it. And I hope that he sort of brings that back to Episode Nine Because, I mean, I, I I felt that in pretty much every Star Wars movie that's come out. But just not quite to the level of excitement that J.J. was able to bring. Yes. And I think that... Um, you know, making a Star Wars movie is a monumental task, and the fact that he's going to do another one is just like, I wish this man all the blessings and love, because yeah. you know he's just signing up to get completely exhausted by the end of it, because doing a film like this can really take a lot out of you. And I feel like, especially like with, uh, you know, The Last Jedi, Love It or Hate It, yeah. it it's definitely split, so I think with J.J. coming back, that's Lucasfilm trying to play it safe, especially with the force awakens opening up and breaking all box office records. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that they're just playing it safe, bringing him back, but he has just a huge task of bringing all the fans of star Wars back together. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I hope him the best with this. I, I think he is up to the task, but it's, it's definitely going to be a daunting task trying to bring everyone back together and, Everyone on the same page. Yeah, especially because he's probably going to try and do that considering Lucasfilm won't for whatever reason. They haven't made any statements or done anything to try and unify the toxic fandom of Star Wars. And I think that, um, yeah, it was a safe choice getting him back because it was supposed to be Colin Trevorrow who directed the first Jurassic World movie. Hmm. And then he worked on the script for about a year, a year and a half, and then he was let go because, you know, Disney, Lucasfilm and their directors just 
you know, that happens a yeah. lot. <laughs> and at least at least they fired him before he started 85% of the movie being done. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, um, I'm really happy JJ's coming back. And I think that the movie is going to, I think, I think it's going to be a good movie. Uh, I'm really excited. And I'm just curious as to what they're going to do after episode nine, because apparently all that future is being looked at carefully. Hmm. So I'm curious because Star Wars Celebration is, I don't know if it's this year or next year. I just know it's in Chicago, I think. And I'm curious as to what's all going to get announced there. Because last time, all they did was talk about Last Jedi. didn't talk about Solo, nothing. Yeah. So they'll, they'll probably do that for Episode Nine again. But for sure, that's when we'll get the first trailer, whenever that happens. I think it is next year. And Have they started shooting that, by the way? Do you know if they've started filming Episode Nine, Or are no. they just getting the, ha- the cast together? Yeah, no, they haven't started shooting yet. Okay. But it's in pre-production. I'm sure we'll get an official announcement or something whenever they start. Yeah. But speaking of shooting and announcements, moving on to our next movie news update, Captain Marvel, starring Brie Larson, has officially finished filming. Brie Larson posted a nice little photo on her Instagram of the clapperboard saying it is the final day of shooting, which is very exciting. What are your thoughts on this? I'm very excited. Uh, Like we said with all the other previous MCU movies, they all opened up number one at the box office uh with comic-con coming up obviously we're going to see a trailer from this so i'm very excited to see how it's going to look especially with all the set photos of brie larson in costume it looks really good or the costume looks really good rather so i'm excited to see how it looks with all the effects and with the story behind captain marvel because i to tell you the truth i don't know much about captain marvel but I think that they're going to do a well-put-together backstory for her, and we're just going to really get the feel of who Captain Marvel is and how she can benefit in the MCU and help out the other characters, especially with the events after Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you said, and uh, I love Captain Marvel, and I think that her coming in, into the MCU and into her own movie and Avengers 4 is going to be really interesting and I think that they're you know they've been knocking it out of the park and I think that the only my only concern is that they're going to make her a little overpowered cuz I think it would be sort of a cheat to the 10 year anniversary the thing that they've been going on if she comes in and then just whoops Thanos's ass like it's nothing yeah. like I I feel like it's got to be earned with one of the original heroes however I do want to see her beat up Thanos, and I want to see her fight and help the Avengers, mm-hmm. which I think is going to... I think she'll absolutely do that, and I, I'm I'm really excited, especially they have Brie Larson, you know, Academy Award-winning actress playing the hero, and, you know, because the only thing DC really sort of beat Marvel at was, you know, getting that female superhero movie out with Wonder Woman, which mm-hmm. was a fantastic movie, and I think... But the good thing about Marvel is that they don't try to rush things. They were like, all right, we're going to take our time. We're going to do this. This is Captain Marvel. Here she comes. And, you know, and I think that they're going to make it different from Wonder Woman, but I also think that they're going to hit all of the correct points of letting women go into the theater, see themselves represented on screen in the superhero form and just being completely pure and moved by the experience. So I'm really looking forward to Captain Marvel. Yeah. And speaking of taking their time, when is this one set to release? Is it springtime of next year? Yeah, I believe it is March of next year with Avengers 4 coming out in May. Which I'm I'm glad that they're taking a break from MCU movies because after Ant Man and Wasp, I feel like if they were to release another movie this year, like it would just you know yeah 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 for it. sure. I mean, man, they killed it this year, dude. Black Panther, which opened to over two hundred million, Avengers which grossed over a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, worldwide. Avengers: Infinity War that grossed over two billion dollars worldwide. 
and then Ant-Man, which has just opened a 35% above the first film. Like, God, they're killing it. Like, we can't, we can't talk about it enough. Like, just how... It is amazing the glorious Marvel machine that they've been able to crank out. And because you can tell that they hire people that are really passionate about the source material, but aren't afraid to change it to make the movie better. Mm-hmm. And it's run by just, it's run by a super nerd. It's run by Kevin Feige, who just loves these characters, loves what they do, and gets on the same page with filmmakers so that they know exactly the movies that they're going to make, when they're going to come out, and how it ties into the bigger marvel universe and you can really tell the actors um i'm really excited to see brie larson you know take on captain marvel but everyone so far has said that they just fell in love with the characters that they play Mm -hmm. so it's really exciting to see you know an academy award-winning actress like brie larson take on uh someone so powerful in the comic book universe and see how she portrays them and how she really cares for the character. So it, it's going to be exciting to see that. Yeah, if only Edward Norton wasn't a douche, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, dude, I, I would love to do a whole episode just talking about, like, Ed Norton and Terrence Howard and, like, all the people that, like, quit the mm-hmm. MCU. That'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. No, but, uh, but yeah, speaking of the MCU, we're going to go ahead and start our spoiler-free review of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Next week, we'll do a full spoiler review to give people plenty of time to see the movie. Yeah. But right now, we're just going to give our spoiler-free thoughts uh, on the film and what it did for us. I'm going to go ahead and let Ryan go first. Ryan, overall thoughts and feelings on Ant-Man and the Wasp? I believe overall this movie is better than the first, and I think the box office can reflect that. I thoroughly enjoyed... uh, I'm going to mess up her name. Evangeline Lilly. I love her character. Mm -hmm. I think she's an amazing actress. I was, I, I'd have to say that's my favorite character in this movie, nice. and I enjoyed Paul Rudd's Ant-Man, Scott Lang, once again. It was, he had, he had a solid character in the first act, and then uh, the rest of the movie happened, which, it was fine, it was fine, but it wasn't, it wasn't Paul Rudd from the first movie, mm-hmm. I can say that much, yeah. and... The storyline of the villain, Ghost, I thought was pretty solid. I thought they had a good villain in her. Uh, Could have done more, I feel like, but still pretty solid with the villain choice and how they wanted to portray her. And I just, I I don't know what else to say. I I just think it's a solid film. What about you? What what do you think? Thoughts? I agree and disagree. Uh, to me, there are aspects of this movie that are better than the first movie, but then there are aspects of the first movie that are better than this movie. Like, I think the first movie is surprisingly very character-driven in that you care about Ant-Man wanting to just provide for his daughter. You care about Scott Lang. He's a criminal, but you, you know he just wants the best for his family. And you think that... And as you go on the journey of the movie with him, you know, it's very lighthearted. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And you learn about each person. You care about Michael Douglas's relationship with Hope. Um, you know, Evangeline Lilly and just how they're really broken father and daughter because of what happened to their mom, which gets explored more in Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I won't spoil. But I think that that movie, you really connected with them. Whereas in this one, you know, like you said, Paul Rudd is kind of different. He's not as smart in this movie. They dumped him down a bit. And um, so I, I, don't, I didn't appreciate Ant-Man and the Wasp on a character level. However, on pure entertainment value... I smiled the whole entire movie. Like, the whole movie, I was grinning from ear to ear, laughing like 
to the point where I couldn't breathe at some parts. Like, it's just a genuinely entertaining, hilarious movie. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's actually, and it's very well done. You know what was actually really surprising was how well thought out the action scenes were. Because, like, in the first one, like, yeah, they did cool stuff like shrinking and expanding and stuff, but they're very intricate in this movie of how they use the technology and how everything was working out to their benefit or when something didn't work, how they fixed it. It was it was all very well really? done. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just something I noticed or I thought when I watched it. It's funny because I have a different take on that, mm-hmm. which I feel like the action scenes were great, don't get me wrong, yeah. but a lot of it was cut too quickly and the cinematography was a little too quick for my taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, uh, like I said, the fighting, the action scenes were fine. I liked it, but I just feel like it was cut a little too quickly, and I it, I couldn't really get into the fights like gotcha. I could with the first one. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad that we, I'm glad that they got Wasp to be a more prominent character. I mean, the movie's called Ant-Man and the Wasp. We kind of have to, but Wasp has always been a badass in the comic books, and I'm glad that we finally got to see her shine. And Michael Douglas never gets enough credit for his performance as Hank Pym. He was great in this movie, and he was great in the first one. Dude is killing it. I would agree. And can we talk about Marvel's de-aging technology for a second? Oh my gosh. It, it's amazing. Yeah, like both Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer get the treatment. And like and it's and in the first movie Michael Douglas got it and like they've done it with Robert Downey Jr. and another example that I'm forgetting, but they've it looks so good, like you can't even tell. Which they're actually going to do that with Samuel L. Jackson and, and Captain Marvel. Marvel. I think yeah. they're going to make him 25 years yeah. younger. Yeah. I th- I think that's 25 years. Yeah. And like, and it, it's it's insane. Yeah. Like, like, and you like you look at it, and you're just like, because like you know what these actors have looked like in the past, and it resembles that. Like they didn't just young them up; they made them look like they used to look. And yeah. you're like, how in the hell did they do that? And it's it's crazy. And um, speaking of Michelle Pfeiffer, she had a small role, but I thought she did a, a very good job. She's always great in everything she's in. Oh yeah, and and going back to Ghost, loved the backstory of the character, loved the performance by the actor was disappointed with how she was executed. I think that this movie had a lot going on, and in order to... It's going to be hard, but that's spoiling it. In, in order to go to the second part of the story, they had to cut back on Ghost's story. Mm-hmm. And Ghost had a really fascinating backstory, and you're interested, and they had to compromise that storyline for the other one. So I wish that this movie would have just been about Ghost or the other story, so yeah, we they- could... Sorry, they had a lot going on. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but they yeah. did have a lot going on. No, it's okay. But I, I wish that they would have just picked one story to go with and went with that story and then saved the other one for a different movie. Yeah. Because, you know, I can't spoil anything. But uh, when we get to spoilers, it, it makes more sense, and I'll, yeah. and I'll get into it next week. But um, And uh, Walton Goggins, I thought, did a yes. very good job. However, his character was so pointless, and it was just like, I feel bad. Because I love the man, and the man, the performance was great. Like, he's great in he's it. He's such a great actor. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, I, I feel like he goes underappreciated sometimes. I just, I think he's one of the best right now that's in the business. Yeah. But his character, like, didn't even tie to, to any other villain in the movie. He was just there so that they could be chased, I felt like. But, but again, the performance was strong. And to something, <laughs> something I really liked that people are actually disliking about the movie was Randall Park's character, the Scott Lang's FBI agent guy. That would go to his house. That dude was so great. He was amazing. Yeah. I thought that that was like one of the stronger points of the movie, to be honest. Me too. I thought it was so funny because that dude is hilarious. Like, he uh, is. Yeah, because he played Kim Jong-un in the interview, and I love that movie. And like, just, 
he was so funny and just the running jokes in the movie were great which i won't say but they're really good and i i really liked um oh michael pena's character oh and, he's fantastic especially in the first movie yeah. and in the second movie whenever he does his character cliche thing yeah, if you will yeah, just yeah. everyone started cheering and yeah. that i thought that was amazing yeah that, that was a good crowd reaction and just the gang too like the the Russian guy was really good in this one. I, I was glad that they yeah. divulged more into their characters because the yeah. first one, like they were there, like helping yeah. out, sure, and they had some lines. But this one, they explored those characters a lot more, which mm-hmm. I was happy with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but overall, like I thought, like an, on an entertainment value and spectacle, I thought Amen of the Wasp did a really, really great job and were improvements. But I, th- I just think that the first movie, and, and I didn't think the first movie was like, oh my god, great either. I thought it was good. But I think that I liked, I appreciated what the first movie did character-wise more. And, however, obviously we, we can't spoil it here. But uh, stay for the uh, mid credit scene because, oh my god. The whole movie you're wondering, I wonder how this ties into Infinity War. And then you find out, and it's something. Zero to a hundred real quick. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah, and uh, I, I can't wait to get into the spoiler review next week and talk about that shit. Because, oh my god. Yeah. But, uh... But yeah, again, um, overall, I thought Ant-Man and the Wasp was a really entertaining, really, really fun movie. And some parts of it I liked even more than the first, but then some aspects of the first movie I enjoyed more. But either way, I like Peyton Reed making these movies, and if they do a third one, I'd like to see him come back and do it again. Which is funny, because Paul Rudd came out and said that he doesn't think that there's going to be a third one. Really? Yeah, I, I don't know if he's... Oh. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, he came out and he said he doesn't think that there would be a third one, that, you know, Avengers is pretty much yeah. where Ant-Man's going to be at. Yeah. He's not going to have any more uh, standalone films, which I found to be pretty interesting um, because his uh, partner, I'm going to mess up her name again, but the Wasp, yeah. uh, she came out and said that she wants a third movie, yeah. that she would thoroughly enjoy playing in a third movie even if it's just a wasp movie yeah i was gonna say i'd be down for a wasp movie where ant-man like cameos that'd be yeah, really cool that'd, that'd be fun yeah uh but yeah um also I, again we won't spoil but not only does the mid-credit scene tie into infinity war but it also gives major major hints for avengers 4 as yes. to how ant-man is involved and uh god because there's already set photos that came out mm-hmm. Uh, of what appears to be the Battle of New York from the first Avengers. Obviously, we don't know if that's actually what happens, but it looks like it. But it's interesting to see yeah. how they're going to tie it in, like you said, and it, and how he's going to tie in, because I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, it has me on the edge of my seat now more than ever of what's going to actually happen in Avengers 4. Yeah. Same, and, and I think that Avengers 4 just... <sighs> God, why do, we, why do we have to wait so long for that movie? It's it's just it's sad. It's unfortunate. I just want, I want it now. I want it right now. They are doing it on purpose, so that way when it comes out, it's gonna make a stupid amount of money. Oh, dude, and if it, if they do the marathon again, we're so gonna do it again. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, for uh, Avengers: Infinity War, mm-hmm. uh, myself and Dalton did a 31-hour movie marathon where they played uh, not all the MCU movies, but, but I, I I'd probably it. say. Probably the most important ones, minus Ragnarok, because Ragnarok leads directly into Infinity War. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and in between every movie, like everyone would geek out and talk about it. And then as soon as 
you know, the Avengers logo came across yeah, Infinity War. Everyone, everyone just, yeah. it, there was an uproar, which yeah. was just an amazing experience. So I'd highly recommend that to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. Or, or even if it's just like a double or triple feature, they probably have the similar yeah. result. But like just being there with in a room full of MCU fans, just taking on these movies one by one. It was such a great experience and I would love to do it again. And I hope that we get to with Avengers 4. Which was really messed up because they played like <laughs> Iron Man. Here, here's Iron Man. Care about him. Yeah. Oh, here's here's the Hulk. Care about him too. Yeah. Here's Captain America. Care about him. Oh, okay. Let's just snap and kill everyone <laughs> that you just had an emotional connection to yeah. and we're just going to leave it at that. Yeah. And we left the theater just... I, I, which is funny because we went to go see another movie recently together. I, I think it was Ant Man and the Wasp, yeah, yeah. and we were talking about how on the drive home after that marathon, we were just in the car, silent, didn't know what to say after Infinity War, just because of yes. just everything that happened. We didn't know how to process it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just like uh, I, I, I'm just I'm just so ready for Avengers Four. Just just anything Marvel puts out, just take all my money. You know, yeah, like I, it's it's crazy. <laughs> Well, all right, guys, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Movie Nights Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And, Mr. Warner, where can they find us on social media? On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Go ahead and uh, hit us up with a follow. It's uh, Facebook, Movie Nights, and then Twitter and Instagram is movie underscore nights with a K. I think it's it's nights underscore. Nights underscore movie. Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. (laughs) Nights underscore movie with a K, of course. So uh, hit us up with a follow for all Movie Nights-related news, including when our podcasts go up and short films that we will be releasing and or recording at that time. Absolutely. And uh, once again, I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Ryan Warner. Have a great day, everybody.